Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 is live on this Thursday from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Jam-packed show today, plenty of NFL on-the-field analysis. Armando Salguero will join us in about an hour and 15 minutes. Looking forward to that chat with Outkick.com's senior NFL writer. Trey Wallace, also of Outkick, joins us in 20 minutes. He had a great piece at Outkick with a a conversation he had with Lane Kiffin. We will uh, detail that in about 25 minutes from right now. Later, the, the always great Todd Furman joins us. Former uh, odds maker out in Vegas. Now he's with CBS Sports, and he will be joining us in the third hour of this afternoon's program, where we get to uh, dissect what the lines did whenever the NFL today and Deshaun Watson agreed on a settlement 11 games and a $5 million fine for Deshaun Watson, among also undergoing. Uh, professional evaluation and therapy, and he's playing this season. If this will not go to or before the appeals judge that was appointed by Roger Goodell, instead, both sides settle on an 11 game suspension and a five million dollar fine. Gentlemen, good afternoon. So, there are TV shows out there, some of the great prestige TV shows of all time, that have had a writer's room that they write themselves into a conclusion. And what I mean by that, Breaking Bad's a good example of this. Vince Gilligan, Peter Gold, some of the writers, they wrote the scene where Walt is coming back from New Hampshire with the guns in the trunk. Yeah. And they said, we got a right to get to this point. We have no idea how we're going to get there. We have this idea for a compelling scene, and we have to write our way to that point. Why was he there? How is he getting back? What led him there? What happens afterward? To me, this is once again where the NFL had the conclusion all along in their mind for months. And it was all about writing the script as to appeals and what one person was going to say and precedent. And then we're going to hand it over to the former New Jersey attorney general. And we're going to, oh, no, we're not going to see what they said because, oh, yeah, we're going to reach a settlement before they even rule. And we're going to get Deshaun Watson back on the football field. Oh, wait for it. (laughs) For a game against the Houston Texans in in his debut. That's the, that's no mistake. The for jig sure. is up. I like the way you. The rig job is in. I like the way you outlined that. I think they're going to hang their hat on one element of this that they'll overweigh compared to other elements of this. But I expect them before the the noise of this dies down to really hit on the behavioral therapy, which to them, while it's not an admission of guilt, they'll sell as an admission of guilt. This guy wouldn't be going to get behavioral therapy if there wasn't a behavioral issue with him, which is the core of what we want to address here. But 
they put out there for a long time, and you and I were talking before this, that they wanted a full season and a new precedent. And the new precedent isn't even double what they got from the joint appointee. So they, they lose in, in that regard un, unquestionably. Two things that immediately came to mind for me when I read this. Number one, all of this was grandstanding on the NFL's part, on Roger Goodell's part. If Roger Goodell really wanted to send a message, he could have been the one to hand down the appeal and the suspension. And instead, they went through the appointment process for the appeals judge, um, and they end up suspending him 11 games, five games. To me, there's no big difference in the amount of games from 6 to 12. A $5 million fine is less than what was reported, upwards of $10 million. He made double that last year with the Houston Texans when the NFL decided not to act on anything. And then they allowed Deshaun Watson, after this agreement, to go to the podium in Cleveland, declare his innocence. Um, they can look on this as an omission of guilt all they want to. This is now done. The legal process is over, and he will be playing in the league this year uh, before we what before we get to Thanksgiving he will be playing in Houston and the guy that they're supposedly punishing in an unprecedented way stood up at the podium today and said he was only apologizing for getting everyone so worked up and triggered over what took place last year and all of the legal ramifications for the people involved number the the other thing too um, the, it's, it's hard for me to look at all of the discussion about we are taking a hard stance on this and not think it was a, just a major charade, guys, considering where we end up, which is really where we started. And I, the, 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 the second point, guys, that, that comes to mind, there had to be some fear in the NFL's mind they weren't going to get the full year from the judge. Why else do you settle for less than what was even proposed prior to the appeals process? Yeah, because all they have to do is wait on the... If you're confident the judge is going to give the season you wanted, you just wait until they yeah. levy the suspension and say, we're done now, there's your appeal to season. On one level, uh, I understand what you're saying about there not being a big difference between 6 and 11, but I, I, I disagree with you on another level because... With six games, we laid out a scenario where he comes back and they're still alive. This season is over now for the Browns with 11 games. The additional games he's missing are Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Bucks. They could lose all five of those games without Deshaun Watson. This season is now a done deal for the Browns, whereas they might have had a chance if it was only six. So in terms of increasing the suspension... They've killed the Browns' chance at this that's season. Cool. I'm not saying that was ultimately what was at stake yeah, so here. So they punished but the Browns a, for Deshaun Watson. The, the, this well, that's, really, that's the, part of what they want to do. I'm not saying that, that they they that, crushed it here, but you can't say 6-11 to 11 is the same difference. It's, it's not, not. It's no, nearly double. Paul, for all of the grandstanding that people, the media, ha have done, expecting the NFL to take a hard-line stance on this, anything less than a full season, which would be uh, in, you know, it, it would be an indefinite suspension, a ban, is going to be viewed as a loss to the NFL in regards to this. Not only, you're, you're so big on this therapy, 
He doesn't even have to complete a minimum amount before he can play in week 11 or week 12. He returns to the field in October to work with the Browns. Um, and, and then he's back to full practice right after, right after week 11 going into Houston. Of all places, I thought there was something um, that triggered. He had to do satisfactory, well, so if satisfactory it, if you're so stuff in order about to be these, activated. If you're so serious about this, um, you suspend him indefinitely because you have the power to do so. Players are disgusted by this. The NFLPA is going through the motions because they won the appeal. The, the first case with this with Sue Robinson, which levied only a six-game suspension, and. You, you move forward with an indefinite suspension where he has to work through certain guidelines of therapy to even get in front of Goodell again to be admitted back. This whole thing has been nothing but just grandstanding on behalf of the league is, to act like they're doing something now when they stayed in the shadows a year ago. Is the ther- I don't want to step on any audio that we're going to play at some point, but is the therapy supposed to get him to the point of admitting something? Because no. they're sending a guy to therapy who today, today, I, can I read this quote? No, well, let's we play, play the quote. Okay. Here's Deshaun Watson at the podium, uh, literally minutes after it was announced that he would be suspended for 11 games. I'm going to have to continue to push forward with my life and my career. And for us to be able to move forward, you know, I have to be able to take steps and put pride to the side. And uh, I'm going to continue to stand on my innocence and, and, and keep pushing forward. And I've always, you know, stood on not disrespecting or sexual assaulting anyone. What are you apologizing for then? What are you apologizing for? For everyone that was affected about this situation. There was a lot of people that was triggered. But not the women that accused you of this? I've apologized to all women. So anybody that was affected, even yourself. Every, everything. So I apologize to everyone that was affected about this whole situation. So Deshaun, was this more about moving on with your career than contrition? From your point of view, this resolution, the settlements, the, the disciplinary process, settling that, is that all about just trying to move forward? For you? Um, everything. Just my whole life just have to be able to move forward. And that's the plan. You know, I have to be able to move forward with my career, move forward with my family, with my 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 personal life and everything. Deshaun, the last time we... That you have to go to if you don't, you know, feel like you, if you stand on your innocence the way that you do, what can you accomplish by the by the counseling and treatment? Great I have question. to grow as a person. I have to be able to be able to communicate and talk with people. I have to continue to, um, you know, know. Uh, each and every situation so I don't put myself back in the situation I was just in. So I have to continue to just grow as an individual. My whole outlook of just myself as a, as a football player, but also as an individual, as a human being. Did he not say to a man, I apologize to all women, including yourself? He said, I, p- I apologize to everyone who was triggered. I, I've apolo- it's funny, he just said, I apologize to all women. Because that statement, yourself. he said, anyone who has a problem so, with this... Or is triggered, I apologize to you. He said, I've apologized to all women. And you also, if you've been triggered by it, I, I apologize to you. But this is, why I got, this is why I say there's no big difference in the amount of games. You can affect the franchises. But in what way have they changed Deshaun Watson? Not, not at all. Deshaun Watson, and, and look, we're, we're taking him for what he's saying. Everyone out there can process <laughs> through the information that's there. All the women, all the claims versus one guy's claim – and here's the one guy's claim. I'll continue to stand on my innocence. Just because, you know, settlements and things like that happen doesn't mean that a person is guilty of anything. I feel like a person has an opportunity to stand on his innocence and prove that. 
We proved that from a legal side and just going to continue to push forward as an individual and as a person. Then he was asked, do you hope to one day tell your side of the story to prove your innocence? He said, that's definitely the plan. That's definitely the goal. I feel like through the whole process, I've been trying to tell my side of the story, but a lot of people just didn't pay a lot of attention to it. Then why are you going to mandated counseling? Of course it's to get this over with and get the suspension out of the way. Also, he's been asked repeatedly, why 66 potentially different massage therapists? And he's not answered it. So where is he trying to tell his side of the story there? He hasn't. But no Because he's got a lawyer telling him not to talk. Right. But But he's not trying to tell the side of the story. That's not true. But no one has forced him to do anything other than just get up there and say this. I don't disagree, but he's not being honest when he says, I'm trying to tell my side of the story. Well, he said his side of the story is, I'm innocent of all the charges. Repeatedly, he said that over and over again. is his side of the story. Yeah, that that he admitted to consensual sex with one of the Well, I have follow-up questions to his side of the story that that a lot of people would like to know. Not accusatory, just why did you operate this way? They're asking the right follow-up questions in that press conference in Cleveland, I feel like. Why are you going to... Counseling, if you're continuing to say that you're innocent, because it is a charade. Well, he's going because to he's doing because this. He's so a- the, the NFL wants to be able to say, Sue L. Robinson said one of the more troubling things was his lack of contrition for anything that he was not owning up to any of it. Right. Right. So what does the NFL put in this settlement? As part of this, you need to go to counseling, behavioral counseling. It's a show. Deshaun Watts is probably going to put on headphones and listen to music. And sit on a couch the entire time. He doesn't believe he's done anything wrong. So he's not going to listen to counseling. Even his statement that the Browns released. Once again, and I'm not mincing words here trying to, to confuse things. He's not admitting to really anything. And this is a, even a step more than the previous statement he released. He said, I'm grateful that the dis- disciplinary process has ended. And extremely appreciative of the tremendous support I have received throughout my short time with the Browns. I apologize once again for any pain this situation has caused. I take accountability for the decisions I made. My focus going forward is on working to become the best version of myself on and off the field and supporting my teammates however possible while I'm away from the team. I'm excited about what the future holds for me in Cleveland. He's not saying anything and then goes on to to claim his innocence again. So it's all about the NFL trying to get to a point where their business is fine. They get their big-time matchup against Houston. He doesn't miss the whole season. This goes away with a settlement, and they get to act like they're helping Deshaun Watson evolve. None of that's happening. None of that is actually happening. Either way, like so either way, they're going to say they did more than what was recommended. But by not doing the full season, you're not forcing him to act like there it's not like a counselor has to sign off on anything other than the fact that he showed up on time and and did whatever or however many hours or whatever it is he has to do by sitting in a room so well it says that goodell's statement says and look i don't want to be on the side of defending the league and i I, i'm not but he says this settlement requires compliance with the professional evaluation and treatment plan so he can't go sit with headphones on. That's not going to be compliant no, but it, with the treatment. But there's plan. no but there's no sign off by the counselor to say but, that he okay, is somehow. Uh, uh, yes, no, but you know, they have to contrite. say complied with but, the plan. But yeah. again, so why, show up. Then why settle? If if, if your if your comeback is you're making him go to behavioral therapy to finally admit that he did anything wrong, 
Th- then don't settle. If I'm sitting there with Deshaun Watson and his representation, he's saying, I am completely innocent. And Roger Goodell is telling everyone, we want to give him a season. And you're saying you're completely innocent and we don't believe. Then suspend him for a year until he figures out what he's done. I would think Why would you ever guy, settle with a guy who won't even admit to any wrongdoing? I'm confused as to why they didn't wait for their guy and why they were so that. interested in these settlement talks when – it was pretty clear they wanted the season slash the indefinite. Their guy was in place and more likely to do it than this negotiation. Was he involved in this negotiation? Because I've seen no. conflicting reports there. So he's independent of this. And so I don't know why you wouldn't see the process through. Here, Chad, you made a great uh, analogy there of like writing yourself to the conclusion. I, I have a thing where I say like the draft is scheduled too far out and you convince yourself of things, and, and, uh, or you give yourself too much time to think. You talk yourself in and out of things, in and out of things. And I think this thing has drawn on so long that Lee couldn't decide what it wanted. Well, it, because at uh, one point it was willing to settle at six games or eight games, and then we've gone through this hut and show after show. Well, now they want indefinite. Now the settlement talk that we heard the report from Dan Graziano was as well, little as eight. No, and but now I, I don't not, know I'm if not, they ever got I'm to not, I, We know what they wanted. Well, we then heard why from, did they come back we to We heard this? from the commissioner's own mouth. He spoke at the uh, NFL owners' meetings last week, I believe, right, in yeah. Minneapolis. We didn't have to hear or read one of Florio's 14 different columns and scenarios on what the NFL might be looking for, what was going to happen. We heard from Goodell. Goodell spoke out and was harsh and was point blank expecting the full year and why they wanted the full year. And then he caved. The league caved. I don't know how how we look at that any less than where where the NFL caving to Deshaun Watson. It doesn't make any sense that he didn't have faith in his own guy to uh, use the penalty that he wants. But if you really wanted to send an unprecedented suspension, you don't need that guy. Just do it. Point yourself. Yeah. So I mean, if you again, if you if you lay it out the way I said, like you've already written the ending, but just how are we going to get to the ending? It's almost the perfect scenario for the NFL that they had a judge say it's unprecedented, so I can't go over six games. Right. Then you have the league come back and go through another charade of bringing someone else in to decide. But before we get to their decision, we're going to look like we're somewhat tough by adding on five games. And I agree. There's a big difference between 11 and six it's games. 35 to 65%. For it's for the Brown season is the big difference. But in terms of rehabilitating Deshaun Watson are really sending a message. The only message the league is sending is we win. We get what we want in the end. And what we wanted was Deshaun Watson playing the Houston Texans in that game. And we wanted this thing to go away. And from an optic standpoint, a word we all love so much, they look like the tough guys because they came back and said, we're not going to accept that six games. We're going to appeal. We want to, maybe we want a full season, but we'll, we'll settle for eleven. It's it's all pre-written. It was it was in the works from the beginning. This was always going to be the conclusion. And in the end, he's fined about five point six million because he'll lose about six hundred thousand, a little bit more than that, for his one million base salary, um, and he'll he will not receive pay for these eleven games. Then the Browns have a bye week, right? At, by, the, by the way, they'll get they have a bye week in week twelve, so the Houston game is week thirteen. They have, they have actually helped Cleveland. He's got if Cleveland can stay in the mix and be 500 going into December with the extra game now and the seventh playoff seed, I mean, it's not like they've just condemned them to hell They're not staying in, the, in, the in 2022. They're not staying in the mix with Jacoby Brissett and that schedule.
Well, that, the, the tough part of their schedule, though, I believe, is the end of no, their schedule. Here's the six games before he comes back. Patriots, Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Bucks. Which one of that they win? And maybe Dolphins? I mean, I, I know anything can happen. That's at six games right there against primo opponents. We will be in December looking back on the suspension and them having Watson on the field, thinking they have something. I'm not, And who knows? I mean, the guy... We, He's going to be inserted in the lineup and, you know, who knows how he actually ends up playing. But we know the the factors of the what he brings to the quarterback position and the fact that the Browns have him signed up long term. And now they know for sure it's over. It's not like he's suspended indefinitely and he's got to work his way back and, and meet with Goodell in the league again next offseason. No, like it's he's back week 13, December the 4th. In Houston, of all places, how do you feel if you're the Texans today? If you're I mean, if, if you're the, the city of Houston, knowing that you went through all that last year, while the NFL t- took a step back and said we're going to let this process play out, we don't. I'm not placing them on the commissioner's list because we need to find out one way or the other what happened here, and nothing's been settled. To now knowing he's been suspended exactly the amount of time based on when the schedule makers put this out, everyone said. Very convenient that they moved the Houston game late. late instead of early. And come to find out, it's the first game back from his suspension where he takes the field. Right now, that's a noon kickoff or a 3 o'clock kickoff, I think. But I think there's flex scheduling available. I don't know if they flex it or not. But, I mean, if it's about money, if it's about ratings, that's going to be a massive game. Everyone's surely, going to be watching it. Surely they would have liked 12. It's a neater, tidier number. So they chopped a game off, yeah. I feel like, to get they, – they could have said we doubled it, which sounds better, all of that. To me, the rationale for 11 versus 12 is strictly that game. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Whenever – before Sue Robinson handed down her six-game suspension, the discussion was – the reports were the NFL was trying to get 12 on the settlement, right? Yes. Yes. And that was their minimum. On their, in their and own, his maximum was and eight. And in their own appeal – where they hold all the power. They appointed an independent judge and didn't even use him and then settled for a game less than what was reported they wanted prior to the six-game suspension. It's bizarre. What, what was the worst record to get in the playoffs last year? Nine and eight? I think so. I think Steelers uh, No, were it was nine, nine seven, and one. The Steelers So were nine, tied. seven, and one. So if, if Jacoby Brissett and the Browns could beat Carolina, the Jets, Atlanta, Pittsburgh at home... And I'll throw in New England at home. That's five wins. Five and six at that point. All that Deshaun Watson would have to do is go five and one down this last stretch. Houston at Cincinnati, very tough. Baltimore at home, difficult. Saints at home, at Commanders, at Pittsburgh. Can you very easily lose three of those? You could very easily win five out of six, too. I don't know why you guys want to wedge them into the playoffs without, without Deshaun Watson for 11 games. I don't think they have a chance. Again, I'm not I, they're not. If they're in a stack, they have six. For the whole season, they're not making it. I'm just telling you, that route is not impossible. We're talking wins over the Jets, the Falcons. Pittsburgh, who who knows they're going to be early in the season at home? But that's that's if they that's they just they have, have to win to three before? or four games. What do they have to do while he's out? Panthers, Jets at home, at Atlanta, New England at home, and I would throw Pittsburgh at home in that mix also. At Miami, 
That's not impossible. At Buffalo, Tampa Bay, not going to happen. But then again, when he comes back, it's at Houston. At Cincinnati, is going to be very difficult. Baltimore home's difficult. But then it's, I think it's three wins. New Orleans with, with Deshaun Watson. New Orleans at Washington at Pittsburgh to close out the season. We will uh, hit more on this later in the show. Trey Wallace is about to join us uh, from Outkick.com. A great, uh, a thorough piece with Lane Kiffin. A different side of the softer side of the Lane Train. We uh, we chat with Trey coming up first, though. Aurora Nutriscience, VitalLifeScience.com is the website. V I D A LifeScience.com. Uh, Outkick three hundred and sixty uh, with uh, the mentally sharp and healthy vitamins and supplements for you through Aurora who delivers your supplements where you need them the most, your body. VitaLifeScience.com is the website, V-I-D-A-LifeScience.com. Our season ticket holders at 360 receive a 15% discount with the code OUTKICK360 at checkout. Typical pills and capsules are not well absorbed, and you end up wasting what you're spending your money on because there's little left for you to benefit from after your body digests these, these supplements. But Here's Aurora, unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I use the vitamin C, the vitamin D3, glutathione, and more. You can see every product they have to offer at vitalifescience.com, V-I-D-A-lifescience.com. Use the code OUTKICK360, 15% off for our season ticket holders at vitalifescience.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We'll get back into the NFL headlines with Deshaun Watson and more from the joint practices coming up. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. We say hello to Trey Wallace of Outkick.com. Trey with a wonderful piece uh, with Lane Kiffin available now at Outkick.com, uh, which started because, Trey, you were curious about the Nicholas Sparks movie night with Lane's daughter. He had mentioned that, and you wanted to learn more, and it, what it turned into was uh, a very honest assessment that Kiffin gave you on himself. Uh, first off, great article. And um, hey, it, it, it turned into something that is very worth everyone's time with the full read. Hey guys, hope y'all are well this afternoon. And yeah, it was, it was weird. Like if you know Lane Kiffin, he doesn't talk about things like this. And, and when he had that press conference on Monday, I was, I was listening in and Somebody had asked him a question, you know, about, hey, it looks like you've lost some weight. You know, have you been doing something different? And then Lane, you know, he, he started, he answered in about 60 seconds. But he started, yeah, I've kind of done things different in my life and trying to change things up, blah, blah, blah. I talked about watching a movie with Nicholas Sparks. And I was like, you know what? That could be like a, that would be like an interesting story. You know, and I kind of know Matt Lane, so I, I texted him. I was like, hey, man. That Nicholas Sparks movie you were watching last night. What was the name of it? And uh, he gave me the name, and we started talking about him and his daughter and how they invite friends over every Sunday night, and they have a movie night together. And 
Um, and, and then all of a sudden, Jonathan, it it turned into something else because I just I asked him, you know, I, I didn't want to bother him too much. I knew he was busy, but I said, you know, what made you start? What made you start tweeting out this stuff in the morning? What what made you feel like that that you needed to be a motivational source for others? And Jonathan, he we just started talking like we went into it for a while and the answers that he gave were very eye-opening to me. I was like, and I told him this, I said, man, you, you, you've never spoke like this before in a sense of you've never opened up like this before. What, what led you to this or, or, and, and his answer was if, if, if it can motivate just one person out there, then I want what I've been doing and what I've been going through to be told. And so that wasn't the end of it. Like I thought our conversation was kind of over, thought it was kind of done. And then we started talking again at like 11.15 that night. And that conversation went on until uh, I think uh, it was, it was, uh, I spoke to our editor, Alejandro, shout out yeah. to Alejandro for helping out. I spoke to him at 2.30. <laughs> Me and Lane got done talking at 2.15. And and then he sent me a text message at 6.30 the, the, the same morning that we were just talking. And it was just wild, man. I wasn't expecting it. I'm glad people enjoyed it. I'm glad people got to have a maybe a different sense about Lane Kiffin. And, and to me, he feels like a guy that has really grown up over the last number of years in Oxford. What is uh, Hot Works with an X? One of the things that he's done during his weight loss, detox, et cetera. I, I think hot works is when you, uh, I'm not mistaken. I, I tried to look this up. There's a couple of different things. I think hot works is when you, you lock yourself. Well, you don't lock yourself. Into be it, be careful of that go, Google search, Trey. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to Google right now. Yeah. Do that on a, just don't do it on a company computer. You'll be fine. <laughs> I'm not opening that company computer. Um, so I think it's when you go into a, a, like a sauna type atmosphere and you either bike ride or, it's like an intense workout for like 30 to 45 minutes where you're in there just infrared sweating your rear end off. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, yeah. Infrared room. You, you go into, it's like a sauna, but a bigger sauna and you're on a bike and you can do different exercises and, and whatnot. But he says he does Pilates and hot yoga and hot works. And you know, it's just in the biggest thing I took away too was that he started 17 months ago, he started like a challenge. He said, okay, no red meat, no alcohol, no bread for 10 days. And then once he got past that 10 days, he was like, well, okay, maybe I can go 11 days. Maybe I can go 12 days. Turns out it ended up being 17 months. Hmm. And something that I didn't put in that article, but I'm able to share, I couldn't cooperate it with Matt Corral, but Wayne Kiffin told me this, is that while you know, Lane was was not drinking alcohol or whatnot and, and doing that during this cleanse. Matt Corral also had a dry season uh, while he was with Kiffin uh, during his last year. So I, I there's a lot that came out of it. And, and, you know, I think the biggest thing is it just it really feels like he has embraced the role of being a father even further. And, and, and like he told me, guys, he's a single parent. And, like, I, I know a lot of people say that, but it's weird, like, hearing Lane or reading Lane type out. Man, I'm a single parent. I'm trying to figure all this stuff out. And I think a lot of people forget that. 
Yeah, it's a really good read. So go to outkick.com and read that discussion with Lane Kiffin. Trey, what do you make of Miles Brennan not winning the job and leaving football, but he's going to keep that NIL money that he signed on with before that. This is one of those minor pitfalls of NIL that we all mentioned in the beginning, but we haven't seen really happen a lot until now. And this is a very high-profile story with that. But also, what does this do for LSU and and any quarterback depth on that roster? I wonder what it was like when the the truck company called and was like, hey, you got them keys? You'd really love to have those keys. You're not getting them. So, sorry. Um, but I think, you know, this is – so this is a little different. This is a guy walking away from football with NIL deals in place. So, Chad, I say what happens when a player transfers to another school that has NIL deals in place with a certain area that they are in, uh, whether that be Nashville, Knoxville, Tuscaloosa, Baton Rouge, whatnot – you know, that's the interesting part to me. It's like, how does that transfer over? And and him, you know, I think Miles Brennan is enough of a name in Baton Rouge that, you know, maybe he can do another year of technically his NIL appearances and people will know who he is. But I think, you know, him not being the starting quarterback and then deciding, you know, people, a lot of people, I'll say this too. A lot of people forget he was about to walk away from football a year and a half ago. And he got, in talking with folks, he was talked into coming back and playing. So it's not like, to me, this is, it's not like this is the first time that he's thought about hanging it up. And the fact that he got out there and, and realized that, man, I'm not winning this starting job um, and just decided to maybe walk away from, from it then, uh, you know, it's not too surprising because he he already talked about it before. So I, I think that the now now here's where it gets interesting with LSU. Who do you go with, Garrett Nussmeyer, or do you go with a kid like Jay Daniels to transfer from Arizona State? To me, two different types of quarterbacks. Um, they can get Jaden Daniels to to scramble outside the pocket if you need to. Nussmeyer can kind of do the same thing, but you're getting more of that arm. So to me, it really just depends on what type of offense Brian Kelly is wanting to run. If you want to run something that looks like, I'll just use Tennessee as an instance with with Hendon Hooker, maybe Spencer Rattler. Maybe Spencer Rattler is more uh, of a comparison because he stays in the pocket a lot and tries to throw uh, and then scrambles when needed. I think that's what you're getting out of Jake Daniels at LSU. So Brian Kelly's got a tough decision to make. And, and the biggest thing that we've learned over the last year in college football is you better have your backup quarterback ready because we all saw what happened to Texas A&M last year when Haynes King got hurt and they had to roll with Zach Calzada. And look, I, I know he beat Alabama, but they still lost four games last year. So tough decisions to make down in Baton Rouge. Trey, how do we, how, how would you define success for Brian Kelly in year one? It's not going to take long to get LSU looking like LSU. Uh, it was three, less than three years ago, they completed a 15-0 season and won the title. And, and Brian Kelly wins 10 games a year each of the last five years at Notre Dame. But what would have to happen this year to exceed expectations? Where, Vegas has them at 7.5 over under. What is deemed a success this year in year one for Brian Kelly? Uh, beating Texas A&M, um, 
play, I don't play close with Alabama. I don't really know what close is. Uh, beating a team like Tennessee when they come to Baton Rouge. Uh, so I would think eight wins would be, I think, I feel like eight wins is kind of overachieving, but when you look at LSU and the talent that they have, like it doesn't feel like it's really overachieving because I know what's on that roster. Um, but as a football team, they're still struggling and they're still trying to find an identity and it's going to take them a minute to do that. You know, the biggest, here, here's going to be the biggest problem. LSU better not go to New Orleans to open the season up and drop that game to Florida State because Florida State is not that good of a football team. And if you come out and you look dead, it could be a very long season for Brian Kelly. You got to start off on the right foot with, with Florida State and the Super, whatever it used to be called, the, the Superdome. So I, I, I think success-wise, you would I would probably say seven, eight wins. I know that's not satisfactory for LSU fans, but that's something they're going to have to deal with this season. Trey, we haven't had a chance to talk to you since the uh, press conferences up in Lexington over the weekend with Mitch Barnhart and with Mark Stoops. Um, are there any winners <laughs> in this story other than everyone who plays Kentucky in both sports? When you look at both sides of this with Mark Stoops versus John Calipari, now sort of also versus Mitch Barnhart? I th- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're pretty spot on in the in – the- the whole crazy part about all that is John Calipari decided just to kind of throw Kentucky underneath the bus while sitting in a suite at the Atlantis Resort in the Bahamas. Like it was just, it was like, okay, he really just said that. Okay, maybe he didn't mean it as a shot, but it was a shot. Like if you're going to talk about your football program, you want them to be successful, say, okay, well, we expect our guys to, you know, our football team to go out and win 10 to 12 games and compete for championships. Well, the guy came out and said, well, you know, there are 10 games and a bowl game. It's like, wait a minute. What, what are you doing to help that program? You're, you're not. You're, you're, you're saying 10 games is like the ceiling and some bowl game in Orlando is, is where they're going to end up. Like, it just I, – I get what he's trying to do. And, and, look, when Calipari doesn't get what he wants privately with Mitch Barnhart and the Kentucky Board of Trustees and the folks around there, he goes public. We've seen this in the past where he has said something out in public because he's not getting things, I guess, inside of what's going on with Mitch Barnhart and the rest of the crew. I think that Mitch Barnhart coming out on Saturday and having his press conference, it's like, okay, maybe this will die things down. And then kind of Mitch Barnhart was pretty much like, well, if you don't like it, there's other coaches out there. I mean, that's what he was kind of saying. Then he said, well, we're not – there's no practice facility in the plans right now. And my biggest thing is we've seen – I'm going to have to use Tennessee as an example here, but they, they have a spectacular indoor basketball facility that I see, you know, once every week or something like that. And they raise that money, you know, a lot of it through donors, uh, even through a couple former players that were getting involved. And, and, and look at it now. I think with Kentucky, you know, all he's got to do is call up, you know, let's just say he's, he keeps – Here's big thing. He keeps clamoring. He says, I put 50 NBA, 50 guys into the NBA. Okay, we'll call three of those guys yeah. up, get $2 million each, and you'll have a basketball facility within a year and a half. So, look, if it's not in the plans for the Wildcats athletic department right now, it is what it is. But Mark Stoops, man, props to him. Like, he was always, to me, kind of a likable character. 
But for him to come out and say what he did on Saturday, and didn't, he did not back down to the most popular guy in the state of Kentucky. And I think that was big for him, himself, his football program, and also what they're trying to accomplish in the future. So I, I give him credit. And if Calipari would just shut up and not mention Kentucky in 10 games and, and a bowl game, we wouldn't be here talking about it. Trey Wallace, our Outkick.com SEC columnist, joins us weekly. Uh, Trey, just around the corner, game week. Uh, Vandy and, and Hawaii traveling. Uh, Vanderbilt leaves Sunday uh, for the, their game against Hawaii in the, the always coveted spot of week zero of the college football season. We will uh, have some I'm games to t- talk about soon. I'm waiting to see if I get approved for travel. So we'll see. Maybe I'm broadcasting from Hawaii. The chances of that probably at about 20%. But until oh. they say no, hey. we're good. 20% sounds pretty yeah, good. Stuff us in your carry-on and let's go. Let's, let's get out there. Yeah. Let's go to the islands. Okay. Perfect. Hey, y'all have a great weekend. Uh, Thank you, you too. Thanks. Thanks again, go, go check out the piece uh, on Lane Kiffin um, and the conversation he had with, with Coach Kiffin at Outkick.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Coming up, we have some headlines from NFL joint practices and more headlines from the Watson suspension, which is now official. 11 games, $5 million in therapy. That's next on Outkick360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. There are two defensive linemen who... Well, one has already been described as a Brinks truck. The other one we is an obvious one, too, that are going to break the bank with another fantastic season. It doesn't really be fantastic. Nick Bosa and Jeffrey Simmons, both guys are unstoppable to this point in training camp. Nick Bosa, in a joint practice against the Vikings, um, was unstoppable. That You'll see highlights later this evening uh, of that joint practice work. Jeffrey Simmons, the same way. I'll kick 360 rolls on. Um, he is, he's, he's been fantastic. Simmons has Paul in the, the one-on-one action, the, the full team joint practice against the Bucks. Simmons looks like an all pro in the preseason. Total tone setter yeah. as you would expect. And um, you actually have more eyes on the defense today than I did, but uh, everybody was buzzing about what Jeffrey Simmons was, was doing and I think it was the cause of Leonard Fournette. I know it was the cause of Leonard Fournette's frustration. Um, you know, look, these training camp fights get overplayed. And there was yeah. no brawl at the end of Titans camp. I had a very good view of it. But Leonard Fournette took a big punch at Jeffrey Simmons. And this is right as practice was ending. Uh, things were over. They were starting to walk, uh, divide, and go their separate ways. Fournette took a big shot at Simmons. After that, everybody runs in. There's a lot of pushing and shoving, and there's a lot of hugging and holding people back. Brawl, people who are using the word brawl need to look up what a brawl is. These or, guys, or those guys didn't want to fight. A brawl is a bunch of guys who want to yeah, fight this when was you a, get out there. But yeah. Simmons, I think, made 
Fournette and some other people on the Bucks unhappy with their day's work Simmons because was, he was a tear. Well, yesterday he was ragdolling offensive linemen, and you come back on day two like Caleb Farley did looking to prove a point after yeah. a bad practice. So whenever it was Tampa's offense against the Titans' defense early on on a, a far field, I was down there watching, Simmons is doing what he did yesterday to them. And they're taking, you know, they're taking offense to that because they are, they've been chewed out over the last 12 hours for, for how bad they looked yeah. against Simmons. He's also chirping at them. Kevin Byard's getting involved in some trash talk. And that led to, and Fournette was down there some, um, it, that led to the way practice ended. But Simmons, I mean, there is no need to see him at all in the preseason. We won't. No. And, I mean, I, I'm still, I mean, you, you, when you see him in pads and you see him against first-string offensive linemen, I, I'm, I'm stunned that he's willing to play for $2 million this year. Mike Vrabel sounded reasonably happy with the overall defense of the Titans against the Bucks today, except for the start. He said Tampa Bay ran eight consecutive times against us, and that's not what I'm expecting from this defense. What was your t- your vantage point on that? Yeah, um, they. I, I felt like they, the Titans' defense did okay against all that. It was that, just though. a mindset. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, out. I think they were more or less just trying to prove a point with Fournette. You know, um, yeah, that's you, where all that started to get stirred. I up. I think so. Yeah, I'm and then sure. the defensive backs. Um, man, the, I thought the Titans' defensive backs in one-on-one and seven-on-seven did some really good things and had some decent coverage. The Tampa receivers they're Those are, little quick guys. They're like uh, acrobats. Yes, they <laughs> really are. That, that's a them. great way to describe it. They some of bring these guys down, are small and they're and so quick. sure-handed. Some of these catches are catch-of-the-year candidates. They're going to circus And the away. defensive backs are looking back going, how do I stop that? Meanwhile, Kyle Phillips, the Titans' small new guy, also continued to perform. Headlines coming up, plus we dive in to the Cowboys and the Giants on Outkick 360.